Well, hello. It's uh, it's time. Let's get to it. Thursday, March 16th, 2023. Thursday, March 16th, 2023. Slava Ukraine. Heroium Slava. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Can I just say, I truly appreciate you coming every day. Thank you so much. Uh, if you can, bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And tweet to me questions or maybe your insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on the Twitter. So after Poland this week, decided to send fighter jets, right? And they, they may send them as early as this weekend. Uh, now, Western nations are debating whether to send fighter jets to Ukraine. Denmark's prime minister, Met Frederiksen, told uh, Danish TV2, this is something we're discussing in a group of allied countries. It's a big wish for Ukraine. It started with tanks. It's moving on. And if Russia is going to be taking down our drones, they're going to need to be protected with, and this is what was suggested uh, today by a, um, oh, which Republican was that? Uh, uh, a Republican uh, congressman um, suggested that they should be, uh, drones should be supported by fighter jets. And if Russia's, Russia attacks them, that the fighter jets should do something about it. Oh man, is this getting dangerous. So, uh, uh, moving on. Has China already been sending drones to Russia? Eh, maybe not. Over the weekend, Ukrainian soldiers shot down a drone. Uh, the drone was a Muggin 5, a commercial unmanned aerial vehicle made by a, by a Chinese manufacturer based in the port city of Xiamen on China's eastern coast. Some tech bloggers say the machines are known as Alibaba drones, as they have been available for sale for up to $15,000 on uh, Chinese marketplace websites, including Alibaba and Taobao. Uh, Alibaba is like the Amazon of China, okay? Uh, But this was a civilian drone that was retrofitted and weaponized. At around 2 a.m. Saturday, fighters from the 111th Brigade of the Territorial Defense Forces of Ukraine, heard the drone overhead and even saw a light blinking on the aircraft. Soldiers had been alerted that a drone was launched toward the area of Slovyansk. The drone was flying low enough to be taken down with AK-47s, which is what happened. Uh, The drone did not have a camera which indicates that Russia is desperate for weapons and will now use anything they can get hold of. Uh, It seems uh, Russia may have bought it on the open market and altered it. The payload was taken away and exploded. Uh, It does bring into question, how did they know this drone would work like that? And they probably talked to China. They probably talked to China and China said, well, you know, we can't supply uh, drones to you, but if you use... This drone that you can get on the Alibaba uh, website, um, if you can get this drone, eh, it could probably carry a payload of up to whatever it was. I think it was a 15-pound or 20-pound bomb. I forget. Uh, 
but it was a it was a, a rather large bomb. Uh, moving on, Syrian President Bashar al-Assad said he would welcome any Russian proposals to set up a new military basis in the country. Al-Assad told RIA News Agency in an interview, We think that expanding the Russian presence in Syria is a good thing. Russia's military presence in any country should not be based on anything temporary. We believe that if Russia has the desire to expand bases or increase their number, it is a technical or logistical issue. Al-Assad, who met Putin in the Kremlin yesterday, said he supported Russia's war in Ukraine and that Damascus recognizes the territories claimed by Russia in Ukraine. <clears throat> Syria is an enemy. Uh, Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky Peskov told reporters, Russia has always been and remains open to establishing neighborly, mutually beneficial relations with Moldova. We seriously regret that the leadership of Moldova is experiencing unjustified and baseless prejudice against Moscow. They're probably suffering from an infection of Russophobia. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so imagine I came to your place, right? And I took over your living room couch and it just started laying there. And then I said... Hey, let's have formal relations, right? Let's be friendly. I'm on your couch 24-7. It's no big deal. Remember, Transnistria is the Rus Russian enclave. It's that toenail on the eastern edge of Moldova that they can't seem to get rid of with, with a, a few hundred uh, Russian soldiers. And Russia wants to be friendly with them. When, when it's trying, it, it's already shown to try and take over Moldova. It wants it for its own, just like it has uh, Kaliningrad. Crazy. After, after Pesky Peskov's statement, British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly says, the best way to protect Moldova from Russia is to protect Ukraine. I, I Well, first, I just want to clarify, as I always do. He didn't cleverly say it. His name is not... Secretary James, okay? His last name is Cleverly. So when I say he Cleverly, uh, James, uh, Foreign Secretary James Cleverly says, he's not Cleverly saying it. That's his name. Okay, anyway. Uh, asked by reporters whether Britain planned on sending military uh, support to Moldova, he said, we strongly believe that one of the best ways of protecting Moldova from physical attack is helping the Ukrainians defend themselves against Russia. <coughs> and he's probably right. Uh, yesterday, the private broadcaster, RMF-FM, reported that Polish security services had detained six people suspected of spying for Russia. According to the host, the group had been planning sabotage activities. Maurice Blaszczak, Poland's defense minister, said, I would like to emphasize the great success achieved by the officers of the, uh, officers of the internal security agency because the whole spy network has been unraveled. This is undoubtedly proof that the Polish services work for the security of our country in a very efficient manner. Sounds like he was doing an advertisement. It's like, it's like if the CIA was doing advertisement here in the United States. Saying, we're doing a great job. Be happy. 
<laughs> uh, Dennis Pushlin, the Russian installed head of the Ukraine's Donetsk region, said in an interview on state TV, the situation in Arty- Artemovsk, which is Bakhmut, remains complex and difficult. That is, uh, we do not see that there is any premise that the enemy is going to simply withdraw units. Okay, notice he called it Artemovsk. During the Soviet era, era, it was renamed that. And it's been Bakhmut since Ukraine has been Ukraine. The Wagner Group. The Wagner, the, the security services Wagner Group by Prigozhin, uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, uh, has placed advertisements on Pornhub a porn hub <laughs> to get recruits for its war in Ukraine. Those who enter the, uh, the pornographic site from Russia without using a VPN and programs blocking ads. I wonder if I use a VPN from uh, Russia, if I can see this ad, it would be interesting. Um, and without programs blocking ads, we'll see a Wagner video calling on the viewer to join Wagner instead of enjoying pornography. Which would you rather do? Go fight for, uh, fight for a private security service? Or sit in front of a computer and watch porn? Which would you rather do? <laughs> in one part of the, of the ad, a woman can be seen twirling a lollipop in her mouth with a female voice in the background uh, refers to Wagner as the coolest fucking army in the world. Someone, someone, someone tell me how to say coolest fucking army in the world in Russian, please. <laughs> Prigozhin's statement placed on Telegram said, the placement of the ad on porn websites is the good idea of our marketing experts. I fully agree with them. The ad says, go fight along with Wagner private military campaign. Stop masturbating. <laughs> and who disagrees with that? Okay, this is likely a a redirect within the country and likely not approved by Pornhub. But, um, yeah, who who disagrees with that? Stop masturbating right away and go fight and die for Russia. Now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the world, the rest of the world, through masturbation. U.S.-European Command released declassified drone footage filmed from the drone's onboard camera. Let's go back for a second. If everybody was masturbating, there would be no time for war. I just want to say that. U.S.-European Command released declassified drone footage filmed from the drone's onboard camera earlier today showing Russian jets doing exactly what the U.S. said and not doing what Russia claimed. It shows a Russian fighter jet harassing and colliding with an American drone over the Black Sea. Uh, U.S. officials earlier said that the Kremlin leadership had approved the aggressive actions of the two Russian jets involved in the incident in an apparent effort to throw the drone off course or disable its surveillance capabilities. Uh, In other words, they have insider information that this is ordered by Putin to do this normally. Uh, One of the Russian jets can be seen approaching the drone before it twice releases a long plume of what appears to be fuel into the air while passing. 
Then, at 29 seconds into the video, the jet can be seen appearing to collide with the MQ-9 Reaper drone, and the video feed is lost. When the feed is reestablished, one of the drone's propellers has been visibly damaged. Russia has already reached the area where the MQ-9 Reaper crashed. Russia is actively looking for the debris with uh, ships and aircraft, but the U.S. hasn't seen any indication that it uh, has been able to recover any of the remnants. One official said much of the debris sank into the Black Sea. The military said that all the drives were wiped of all data, so no programs or intelligence would be available anyway. Uh, yesterday, I downloaded some uh, bathymetric maps of the Black Sea. Uh, bathymetry is like topography of the ocean floor. Just, to, just, just think bathroom in the bath. Bathymetric. Uh, the exact location of uh, the downing has not been released, as far as I can see, but in the, um, in the approximate area described by news reports, it's right on the edge of what's called the Western Black Sea Basin, where the seafloor drops below 2,000 meters and likely as low as 2,300 meters. I, I've, I looked at several, and... It, um, the, some of the deeper parts can go between 22 and 2300 meters. I could be wrong. There could be even deeper parts, and they, I just don't know about them. But that's what my guess is. Uh, but it is also close. To, it also hit close to where it's right on the edge of when it goes below 2,000 2, meters, and it's somewhere between. Um, somewhere between 1,800 and 2,300 meters, I'm guessing. That is no doubt deep. And I'm doubtful Russia has the means to go to that depth. For comparison, the Titanic is double that depth and was found 70 years after it was lost. And granted, they had only had a general idea of where it was. But that's a big search area under the ocean. Uh, technology is more exact right now, but we're talking about a drone with a length of 11 meters. Uh, the wingspan is like 22 meters. The wingspan is more than the length of the drone. But still, that's considerably, that's like, as far as the length, that's like 1 24th of the length of the uh, Titanic. And really... As if you're looking at length and width and height, it's like one five hundredth the size of the Titan. Probably less than that, the size of the Titanic. And the U.S. knows the exact location it entered the ocean. Russia probably only knows the approximate area. So, they don't know what they're doing. They're not going to be able to find it. Probably not. Unless, unless somehow it's floating. I mean, I, I suppose some of it could be floating. I don't know. Uh, earlier today, North Korea launched a long-range ballistic missile, according to officials in Japan and South Korea. The same day, leaders from the two U.S. allies are due to meet, uh, ha actually have already met in Tokyo for the first such summit in 12 years. According to uh, Th South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff, at least one unidentified ballistic missile was fired into the waters off the east coast of the Korean Peninsula. Japan's Defense Ministry also confirmed a launch, estimating that the missile would fall outside its exclusive economic zone, approximately 550 kilometers, uh, which is like 
less than 350 miles, uh, east of the Korean Peninsula. The timing coincides with the imminent arrival of South Korean President Yoo Suk-yeol, uh, Suk-yeol in Japan for a summit his office has hailed as an important milestone in the development of bilateral relations. Japan and South Korea has a rough history with each other and have been trying to mend relations for decades. They, 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 did, a, they did a bit of a mend, but in 2019 there was a bit of a problem. It looks like it might be behind us all. Uh, after the meeting in Japan, the leaders of South Korea and Japan promised to resume ties. Japan's Prime Minister Fumio Kushida said in Tokyo after the meeting uh, with South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol, from now on, I would like to open a new chapter in Japan-South Korean relations through frequent visits by both sides that are not tied down by formality. And you can probably thank North Korea's, uh, this is me speaking, and you can probably thank North Korea's Kim Jong-un because South Korea and Japan both have concerns about North Korea. That's what brought them together, even though they were, uh, they used to be enemies. During the joint statement earlier today, Kishida said that Japan and South Korea had agreed to resume bilateral security talks in the face of North Korea's nuclear and missile threats and had confirmed the importance of the free and open Indo-Pacific and working together to protect the international rules-based order, which China is also against international rules. They claim stuff that belongs to everybody internationally. <clears throat> and Yoon said he agreed to completely normalize its military intelligence sharing agreement with Japan. He said, I believe the two countries should be able to share information on North Korea's nuclear missile launches and trajectories and respond to them. In 2019, South Korea scrapped its military intelligence sharing agreement with Japan amid a long-running dispute over forced labor by Japan during its occupation of Korea. The two normalized relations in 1965, but unresolved historical disputes have continued to fester, in particular over colonial Japan's use of forced labor and the so-called comfort women, sex slaves. Uh, Japan will lift export controls on high-tech materials used for semiconductors and display panels to South Korea. Uh, and, and display panels to South Korea, while Seoul will withdraw its complaint over those restrictions to the World Trade Organization. I, okay, yesterday we talked about this. Remember when I said that South Korea and Japan could join AUKUS? This could be a first step to AUKUS-SKJ or JSK or, or hyphen AUKUS-JISK. AUKUS-JISK? Anyway. Uh, some two and a half tons of natural uranium stored in a site in war-torn Libya have gone missing. That according to the IAEA, the International uh, Internet, eh, whatever, you know what it is. Uh, this raises some concerns, but this is not refined and it is difficult to do that. Natural uranium can't immediately be used for energy production or bomb fuel. Each ton of natural uranium, if obtained by a group with the technological means and resources, can be refined to 5.6 kilograms of weapon-grade material over time. That's 
that's a lot of refining. I, by the way, first of all, you have to change it to a gas. Then after you change it to a gas, you got to put it in a centrifuge and get a, uh, a, uh, something else out of it. I, I mean, it's just really, really, it's a lot more than you think. Uh, but, but that would mean that all that tonnage would mean 30 pounds of weapon-grade uranium could eventually come into existence somewhere. Well, I don't know who has it. It probably went to Iran. Iran probably took it. Uh, in a statement, the Vienna-based International Atomic Energy Agency, the IAEA, International Atomic Energy Agency, said its director general, Rafael Mariano Grossi, informed member states yesterday about the missing uranium. On Tuesday, agency safeguards inspectors found that 10 drums containing approximately 2.5 tons of natural uranium in the form of uranium ore concentrate were not present as previously declared at the location of the state of Libya. The IAEA said further activities will be conducted by the agency to clarify the circumstances of the removal of the nuclear material and its current location. It has disappeared. That doesn't mean that somebody has it yet. It might have been misplaced. We will find out, I suppose. Janet Yellen testified this morning before the Senate Finance Committee. She's probably still testifying. and eh, they're probably finished by now. Um, she uh, uh, talked about what was going on with the banking crisis and talked about how the, the United States had, had protected uh, investors, uh, but was really there to talk about the Biden budget. Uh, and, 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 but speaking on, on the uh, banking issue, it, it still was expanding. Credit Suisse in Europe was the next bank to fall, but this time the banking crisis was stopped. Even before the shock collapse of the two U.S. banks last week, Credit Suisse uh, Suisse has been beset with problems in recent years, including money laundering charges and spying allegations. The bank's disclosure earlier this week of material weaknesses in its reporting added to investor concerns. Uh, Switzerland's second largest bank said it would borrow up to 50 billion Swiss francs, which is like 50, 54 billion dollars from the Swiss National Bank, providing a moment of relief for investors after the Zurich headquartered firm led Europe's banking sector on a wild ride lower during the previous session. Yeah, uh, shares of Credit Suisse surged today after getting that loan, rebounding from a fresh all-time low after the beleaguered leader announced it would tap central bank support to shore up its finances. Uh, when I, I and, and also speaking, because uh, I've been looking into this, this banking thing for a couple of days, I read earlier that Barney Frank was responsible for this rollback in regulation in the United States for banks to only cover banks with over $250 billion from $50 billion. Right, I was disappointed uh, be, because what I, from what I was reading from news sources, it said Barney Frank was the one that spearheaded this, and Barney Frank has been a progressive. The Frank Dodd Bill, come on, well, he he, he he has been all for banking regulations all along, and I've been watching these news stories, and I said, what is going on? Barney, this doesn't sound like Barney Frank, right? I was disappointed. But that wasn't the whole story. 
Barney Frank, true, he wanted to lift restrictions. Frank was the leader of the House Financial Services Committee until the end of 2012. Barney Frank wanted to raise it to $100 billion, the limit, to $100 billion instead of $50 billion. That's what he was, that's the amount of easing he wanted to do. And Republicans are the ones who countered with $250 billion. That's the only way the restrictions would have been relaxed because Republicans had to be on board. If the law had held banks with over $100 billion in assets accountable, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature would have been included and would not have made those risky bets. They wouldn't have been allowed to. So when your Republican arguers claim that Democrats, Barney Frank, did this, uh, from Massachusetts, Barney Frank, please explain to them that they wanted to ease regulation, not take it away almost completely from most banks, uh, and not by as much as Republicans ended up doing, raising it to $250 billion dollars a quarter of a trillion dollars as opposed to a hundred billion dollars, which, yeah, you get it. You get it. Uh, in that news, tightening around that bright orange neck, Fulton County investigators have an audio recording of a phone call that Trump made to the Georgia House Speaker to push for a special session to overturn Biden's 2020 victory in the state. The Fulton County Special Grand Jury, which investigated Trump's actions in the state after the 2020 election, heard the recording of Trump's call to David Ralston. Ralston, who died last year, described the December 2020 call with Trump during an interview the following day. Ralston said Trump would like a special session of the Georgia General Assembly. He's been clear on that before, and he was clear on that in the phone conversation yesterday. You know I shared with him my belief that based on the understanding I have of Georgia law, that it was going to be a very much uphill battle. So, according to the uh, Georgia Constitution, not only can the governor convene a special session, the General Assembly can call itself into a special session, through uh, though that re requires um, signatures of three-fifths of the Georgia House, which probably wouldn't have been able to happen at the time. Uh, former U.S. Senator David Perdue, a staunch Trump ally, ally from Georgia, and we've talked about David Perdue many, many times, uh, used to be the senator, also requested a special session be convened during a meeting in December 2020 at Trust, Truist Park, where the Atlanta Braves play. Governor Brian Kemp, Purdue, and former Senator uh, Kelly Loeffler, the state's other senator at the time, and their aides attended. I, you know, it's always the conspiracy that gets you, right? And, and this is a massive one. Both of those senators who supported Trump, gone from Georgia, by the way. For uh, uh, six years and four years, they, uh, uh, um, Democrats will have those seats. Well, I guess five years and three years now because they won it last. Uh, they won it over a year ago, right? Is that right? Am I saying this right? Yes. Something like that. Anyway. <sighs> so as far as Trump allies, I will agree with them this time. This time, I'm going to agree with Trump allies. What's it about, you say? 
Yesterday, supporters of Trump filed a complaint with the Florida Commission on Ethics, accusing Governor Ron DeSantis, a leading potential 2024 primary rival, of violating campaign finance and ethics rules with a shadow run for the White House. Does this sound familiar? It should. The 15-page complaint filed yesterday by MAGA Incorporated, a Trump-supporting super PAC. Really, something called MAGA Incorporated is a Trump supporter? Wow, I'm surprised. Uh, They asked the commission to investigate Florida's Republican leader for allegedly leveraging his elected office and breaching his associated duties and coordinated effort to develop his national profile, enrich himself and his political allies, and influence the national electorate. It says DeSantis is already a de facto candidate for president of the United States. Citing the governor's meeting with donors, outreach by allies to potential staff, and his courting of influential Republicans in early voting states among their efforts. The complaint asked the nine-member commission, five of whose members were appointed by DeSantis, to punish the governor by having him suspended from office, publicly censured, or fined. Uh, Trump was accused of uh, violating federal campaign laws by raising and spending money for a run ahead of the formal uh, 2024 campaign launch. He was never reprimanded or fined as a result. He did the same thing. That's why it sounded familiar, and I remember reporting on that. Collecting campaign donations without yet declaring you're running is something Trump was sued for doing. So, of course... They would know what is wrong, and they would know how to attack DeSantis since the same thing happened to them. Uh, Anyway, uh, doing that allows DeSantis to use monies in ways he wouldn't be allowed once he declares. Now, if you remember, Trump was accused of uh, moving money around very conveniently just before he declared, which is quite unethical. Uh, DeSantis Communications Director Taryn Fenske dismissed the accusations and questioned, questioned the motives of the complaint, adding this to the list of frivolous and politically motivated attacks. This is her saying, uh, saying that it's inappropriate to use state ethics complaints for partisan purposes. Anyway, if the commission finds the complaint is from uh, uh, the complaint is valid, it could issue a fine or reprimand, but cannot remove an elected official from office. It could recommend that the governor suspend an elected official from uh, for violating ethics laws, but that would require DeSantis to take action against himself if a violation were found. That's kind of a hole in the law, don't you think? Right. <laughs> Moving on. TikTok has gotten a warning. Its future in the United States is coming into question. Uh, the Biden administration is threatening a potential ban of TikTok in the United States if its Chinese owners refuse to sell their stakes in the video sharing app. I, I disagree with that. I'll just say, kick them out. That's fine. Let another company take over and do the same thing here. Uh, anyway, this appears more uh, as a threat than anything else. Uh, that will be uh, actionable. And TikTok is in talks to stave off any issues that would cause this to actually happen. Uh, In a statement, a spokesperson for TikTok said, if protecting national security is the objective, divestment doesn't solve the problem. 
a change in ownership would not impose any new restrictions on data flows or access. The best way to address concerns about national security is with transparent U.S.-based protection of U.S. user data data and systems with robust third-party monitoring, vetting, and verification, which we are are already implementing. And I would agree that that would... I I like the third-party idea. And honestly... Forcing divestment isn't really plausible because it would have to be approved by the Chinese government. That wouldn't work. A foreign ministry spokesperson said Tuesday that the U.S. has failed to provide any evidence that TikTok poses a threat to its national security. But I do agree that there is a threat. I do agree with that. Uh, China's spokesman Wang Wenben said the U.S. side should stop spreading false information on the issue of data security, stop unreasonably suppressing the enterprises concerned, and provide an open, fair, just, and non-discriminatory business environment for enterprises of all countries to invest and operate in the U.S., of which I will say that they do have an open, fair, just, and non-discriminatory business environment. Anybody can do that as long as their government isn't running the company, which is what's going on in China. So yes, I do agree with the United States on this. Moving on. The latest storm in California may have been too much. California supplies a very high percentage of crops to the United States, 60, 70%, something like that. The flooding of crops might be too much and cause the price of many crops to go up. Uh, in order, biggest crop uh, crops in dollar value, grapes, almonds, strawberries, pistachios, lettuce, tomatoes, walnuts, and rice. Of those most susceptible to flood damage, grapes, strawberries, lettuce, and tomatoes. That, of course, is my guess. I, I mean, uh, um, grapes, yeah. Yes, one crop. Um, uh, 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 strawberries, lettuce, tomatoes, they're planted every season. Um, uh, well, maybe not tomatoes, uh, but uh, uh, certainly strawberries and lettuce. Uh, and that is, of course, my guess, since trees will likely survive flooding uh, a, a, a bit better than uh, vines and uh, plants and shrubs and stuff like that. This all has to do with global warming, causing more evaporation, which causes more moisture in the air, which increases the strength and frequency of storms. But let me just say, don't worry. Republicans keep telling me that anthropogenic global warming does not exist. This is only temporary. Yet another atmospheric river is on the way. Yet another one. It should be here on Monday. Welcome to the California Islands because that's what we're going to if this continues. Uh, And you know what? I live in a low-lying area. I have a levee around me, you know? And it's a high enough levee. I think I'm okay. It's it's made out of concrete. I don't think it's going anywhere. But uh, sometimes there's a bit of a concern when the L.A. River comes through. Anyway, that's it. <clears throat> uh, almost the end of the week. Here it is Thursday. And and what have I got here? I got 37 minutes for you. I, you know what? 
I'm trying to reduce it. I'm trying to reduce it. Sometimes I just go off on a rant, and I apologize for that. I can't, it can't be helped. And you know what? The Pornhub story was a bit much today. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thursday, March 16th, 2023. Thursday, March 16th, 2023. Man, do I appreciate you so much. Uh, Bring someone with you if you can today or tomorrow. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on the Twitter. Maybe say hi, maybe send me a news story, whatever you want. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles. And let's listen to the sirens in the background.